Power Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today, no matter who you are or how old you are, there is likely to be some priceless wisdom that may just challenge you to wake up and age consciously. You see, elder and elderhood doesn't have to mean elderly. Elder is a role that has been critical for the well-being of the world's culture since the beginning of time. Elders embody the wholeness, and I love that. We're going to talk about what does that mean to embody the wholeness, and they share the hard-won wisdom that their communities need to survive and thrive, especially in difficult times when the ability to see the big picture was critical. That role has changed and even perhaps has been lost in today's world. Yet conscious aging and conscious elderling, eldering, that's an interesting word, elderling, (laughs) but eldering really can create the pinnacle of one's life. And that's what we're talking about today. Reclaiming the role of elder can literally create a more beautiful world. We're going to show you how. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart, and settle in to your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guests, you heard two voices earlier. Yes, we have two guests. The first, Dr. Katya Peterson, is currently the president of Peterson Argo, Inc., a transformational education company, and brings decades of experience as a psychotherapist, educator, author, and Emmy Award recipient for Outstanding Educational programming. She is known for her remarkable ability to touch and open the hearts of individuals in dynamic and healing ways and is in demand as a motivational speaker, master trainer, and coach. Ron Pevney has for 40 years been dedicated to assisting people in negotiating life transitions as they create lives of purpose and passion. He is founding director of the Center for Conscious Elderly. I did it again, elderling. We're going to have to, I'm going to ask you to define that later because I just made up that word. Eldering. He's the director of the Center for Conscious Eldering author of Conscious Living, Conscious Aging, and Ron is a certified saging leader. He has served as host for the Transforming Aging Summits. And with that, I'm not going to try to say eldering fast anymore. I'm going to welcome you both to the show. Welcome, Ron and Katia. Thank Thank you, Julie. Julie. What a creative word that is. I, I don't know if it's in the dictionary. You guys will have to tell me. But before we jump into elders and elderhood and who we are as conscious aging beings. We have such a beautiful show to talk about today. But first, I have a traditional first question, and I would love to hear you both talk about this. And um, I've had Katya on my show before. I love you, Katya, and I'm so happy to bring you back to our listeners. Ron? Julie, I love you back. 
Oh, thank you. Ron, I haven't had you here, so I'm going to start with you on this one because okay. it would be fun to see um, what you might add to this conversation. I, I would love to hear you talk about and share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Well, Julie, what that means to me is living with a recognition that all beings are indeed connected, that uh, we are interdependent, that we are not, that we humans are not isolated entities, that uh, the well-being of each of us and the well-being of all other beings are intricately connected and depend upon, we all depend upon each other's well-being for our own well-being. Beautiful. Uh, and so appropriate for our conversation today, too. And thank you for that. I, I love that definition. I love that idea added to this conversation. I'm going to ask you, Katia, do you want to add anything to that? What does all things connected mean to you today? Well, in addition to all the beautiful things that Ron just shared, I think for me, it also means community holding space for one another where we can cultivate our wisdom, we can stay connected on every level, um, physical, emotional, spiritual, and find the ways to share our stories because so much can come out of sharing our stories and, um, and listening deeply to each other and sharing uh, ideas of how can we collectively uh, move forward as well as individually because there's so much power in connection. There's so much beauty and an elevated way of being. And, um, and that's a beautiful thing. That's what all, all things connected means to me. Gorgeous. I agree. Beautiful. And that sense of community and that sense of connection really does bring this conversation into a really rich place as we move through this hour. I hope we can really inspire our listeners to see the value of connection with this topic of elders and aging. And I'm going to have it's interesting. I've said that word out loud a lot. So we're going to play with that elderling thing. I don't know why it keeps coming up, but let's begin by exploring conscious eldering. And how is this different from conscious, positive, successful, or healthy aging? We talk about healthy aging a lot and successful aging, but this conversation and what you two uniquely bring to it is the idea that the aging process is a part of a very important role, this elder role that we talked about for our cultures and the survival survival of our cultures. So where shall we begin? Conscious eldering. I, I, Ron, I would really love to turn to you first. And let's first define this elder, eldering, and conscious aging, conscious elderhood. What does all this mean to you? What it all means to me is that there is so much that is possible for us as we age, 
especially in, in, in the time and history in which we live now with the longevity and the health and the resources that are available to so many of us, there is such potential for fulfillment and for service and for joy and for thriving and for growing. And to me, conscious eldering is a recognition of that potential and a commitment to do our very best to, to grow into the fullness of who we can be in every dimension of our lives. Um, I use the term eldering uh, as a verb, as a way of, uh, uh, of speaking of this growth process into the fullness or the pinnacle of who we can be as a process. And that process is a process that leads us more and more to the development of those qualities in each of us that throughout history have defined those who have been honored by their societies as the true elders. And so as we grow into this potential, we're going to be growing the elder in each of us. We're going to be growing toward becoming the kind of elder that we can become and the kind of elder that our world and our society so very much needs. And so I view this process, I call this process conscious eldering. Mm. And Katya, so this the term elder is generally not seen, seen as a positive thing in today's world. And so I want to bring your expertise in here just for a moment to introduce the idea of worldview around aging. You've spent decades working with the arena of worldview. And I think this is an important piece. Ron introduced really an opportunity and a potential. And yet here we are as a society, oftentimes mm -hmm. really looking at growing old as something negative or um, a deficit, you know, a decline, a, you know, so much. So speak more about our worldview around aging and why it's important for us to really take a look at that today and begin to shift this worldview. Hmm. Um, you, you just use the, the correct uh, words, um, uh, Julie, about the way that uh, aging is viewed in general uh, as a deficiency. And, um, you know, if you stop and think about aging in general, it does not need to be envisioned as a problem to be solved or as a challenge to be to overcome. And yet, if you look around us and everything from uh, the social media to the way that uh, our language is using uh, the words aging, the advertising and the consumerism of um, it's anti-aging everything. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> Age, uh, anti-aging, um, you know, food and anti-aging dreams and anti-aging everything. And we don't want to be anti-aging. We really want to embrace it. And we want to see it as a gift rather than um, a problem to be solved. So, but in order for us to change our perspective about aging and the way that we choose to live our lives into elderhood, um, as Ron said, regardless of the challenges that we are facing that just naturally come from being a human being, is to shift our perspective about what aging really means to us personally. 
it's, it's, it's really about the time that we spend to reflect and explore where we have been and what really matters to us right now. And maybe all the things that happened in our lives in the past and along the way, hopefully, um, in order for us to shift our perspective in, in turn, change our worldview about aging, we need to not totally ignore what has happened along the way, but to take those experiences, take and use what is useful to us right now, the wisdom along the way, the experiences of life, and then ask the question, what brings that spark in my life right now? Because how we age is really in our hands. It's not in somebody else's hands. And yet that's how we feel. If we ask the right question, if we buy the right book, if we uh, buy, you know, the right uh, vitamins, it's going to help us to enter into elderhood. So I think it's not about growing old. I think it's growing whole and complete. Mm. And when we choose to enter or lean into elderhood, I think that's when we discover that it's not about getting older in age, but how do we grow into ourselves? How do we fully come into who we are and finding that sense of being and purpose and, um, and understanding of our beauty? Because the reality is this. Aging is a process that is woven into our humanity. It's, it's just going to happen anyway. So it is, I believe, time for us to embrace what is and then um, very specifically and intentionally uh, find our way of entering into adulthood so it has um, a lot of space for us to continue to grow, to continue to make connections, and to continue to uh, find that sense of fulfillment in our whole being. Mm. I loved what you said, growing whole and complete. It's not growing old, it's growing whole and complete. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we go into, because I want to to really give both of you an opportunity to look at how do we create that meaning and what does that, what does that mean for us? But first, um, talking about that worldview, I just want to presence our culture and our history here. And you were talking about really, you know, we've talked about bringing that honor back into being an elder but okay so let's be honest about aging most people Mm -hmm. do and will suffer suffer losses and diminishments of of certain capacities as they age and our culture in general has defined that chapter in that negative way, like you said, the anti-aging, anti-aging, we were focused on our youthfulness. We're focused on our, our prowess of what we can do, what we can achieve, what we can do. You know, we've talked about that um, privately with us. So I really love to just pause before we move into the how-to and just presence this culture and this history and instead of saying let's go back to the way it was how do we like you mentioned Katya is like bring the traditions of honoring the elders and that stage of eldering forward and maybe even evolve it to a I don't know a word here so I'm going to say better and it sounds like a judgment but a better place instead of it being how it was 
And instead of it being how it is today, I'm wondering if either of you have a vision of where we can go as we reclaim elderhood of uh, with the honor and the value that it deserves. So Ron, I'm going to start with you looking at the historical roots of our culture and where we've been and where we're at. Where would you like to see elderhood go? Well, I am passionately committed to doing everything I can do to help create a society and a world in which elders are honored and in which elders have a meaningful role in the lives of their communities, the lives of their society, the lives of their families, um, in which elders are recognized as being essential to the well-being of the community. Because just briefly to contrast this with the way it has been in the past, as far as I know, there have been few societies, if any, uh, in the past where every member of the society didn't have a vital role. It was understood that everybody's contribution was necessary for the well-being of the whole community. And the elders were the ones who were expected to grow to a point where they could serve as models for wholeness for the younger people. They could uh, be the mentors. They could be the initiators. They could be the ones that help society and the younger people to remember the importance of looking toward future generations when making choices. It's been such an honored and an important and critical role. And for me, I think what drives me in, in the work I do so much is this sense of sadness that, you know, we've all heard the statistics, 10,000 baby boomers a day turn 65. Millions and millions and millions of people in the United States and around the world, uh, by and large, by their societies, are viewed as having made their contributions, their meaningful role is over, and now it's just a matter of them uh, living without a role and just trying to find what pleasures they can for the rest of their lives. And, and the world needs the contributions of elders. And I don't just mean old people. I make a distinction between those who have, have grown into elderhood and those who have just become old. The world needs the contributions of elders to be models for wisdom and wholeness. And, and, and to have the term elder, again, be a revered term is, is, is the vision that I, I strive for and, and, and try to contribute toward. Ron, I'm going to just go deeper with that because I love that the idea that the world needs the contributions and you keep bringing in wholeness. And we're going to talk about the personal wholeness here. But as 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 I asked about what could this look like, I had this vision when you were talking about all of the different organizations and places that I'm involved where quite literally elders get on the zoom calls and are really leading the evolution of consciousness on our planet in very meaningful ways i mean it's mm -hmm. these they have time they have expertise um like you say they have experience and this honored and important critical role not only in how to age gracefully, but literally seeing the world and understanding the evolutionary forces that are 
at play in, in our world today. So um, I love that imagining. And so often many of my friends who are retirement age aren't retiring. So what could our world look like if, if really these elders are in their right, rightful place? What would they be doing? How would they be spending their time? What would our society look like? What would our culture look like? That is really fun to uh, fun to envision, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I guess I imagine a world in which every elder is as fully alive as they possibly can be doing what brings them joy, doing what is most authentic, doing, doing uh, what comes from the heart to bring them joy. And in doing so, and by joy, I don't just mean pleasure. I'm talking about the kind of joy that comes from making a meaningful contribution to others, using our gifts in ways that bring us alive. Mm. And so imagine the joy and the aliveness when everybody... Uh, Everybody is living to help make a meaningful contribution to the world and to their community, knowing that in the process, they are making an incredibly meaningful contribution to themselves. And there's no one way this is going to look. You know, maybe in the past, the role of elder was, was pretty much defined, and it looked a certain way in traditional societies and in, in our world it's go- I think the ways that elderhood can express itself are going to be as diverse as we are as human beings. There are going to be so many different expressions of fulfilled elders, but they're all going to be alive and they're all going to be committed and they're all going to be growing. And I don't want to, I don't want in any way to dismiss the reality, as you mentioned earlier, Julie, that there are losses and diminishments. Yes, there are losses and diminishments. But the wonderful thing is that as we lose certain abilities and we're diminished in certain ways, that creates a space for other aspects of ourselves to shine forth, for our soul to shine forth as some of our personality and ego traits get weakened. A chance for us to shine in whole new ways that look different than when we were middle-aged or even younger than that. I just, I just love envisioning that kind of a world and and... I, I believe that we're slowly but surely moving toward a tipping point where that kind of a world's going to be possible, and that's how elders are going to be going to be viewed. Mm, beautiful. And Katya, before we take a break, I, w- I would love to hear if there's anything you want to expand on with that. I know that you have not, you and I have talked about an example of, of really using um, elders with youth and pairing them up. And I'm thinking about um, the small region that I live in, a very rural area of central United States. And there's a there's a shortage of child care workers. And I'm thinking about all those retired baby boomers who could offer an incredible service and gift to that vocation as just one example. But how would you expand on, on this concept of, of what it could look like? Uh, well, um, I think our world is changing fast and furiously. And here we are going through incredible uh, challenges right now, 
And um, and this is the time where I'm envisioning a world where we can tap into the wisdom of our elders because I think it's absolutely necessary. And I would love to see uh, a world where we are paying attention to that and we invite um, our elders um, to and expand our circle. I, I'm envisioning a world where we have something called wisdom keepers and people of all ages are included, so we're not being exclusive, and we come together so we can have meaningful conversations. And um, to add to that, because it's not enough to just be dreaming and thinking about things, it's, we need to take action. So if we share that collective wisdom, imagine what is possible. And you're absolutely correct. We really um, have so much wealth in terms of the, the experience and the wisdom of our elders that I don't believe is being tapped into. And we need to make that available. We need to make that accessible. We need to make sure that we give and share ideas with our elders so that we can create those opportunities. And uh, we also need to change our belief system. There's no way that we can change our worldview about aging until we change our belief system of what society and our culture has uh, really uh, been showing us all along the way that um, once you become an elder, there's no need for you. And our identity as a human being and a useful human being is fading away. This is a great place for us to go ahead and take a break. We're going to expand more into the growing toward personal wholeness. I love this idea, growing whole and complete that, that you brought up and the tapping into the wisdom is so important. We're also going to look at beliefs, purpose, community, spirituality, and so much more. So join us as we come back after break with Katia Peterson and Ron Pevney will be right back. Listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at empowerradio.com. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. 
Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. Go, Caleb! Come on, hit a homer, Jesse! Let's go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? Of course. I, I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Huh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Smile. You found Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where we find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation and get connected in one of my private groups or individual programs. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful world we want to see. You can do that by checking out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com. We are back for our second half with Katya Peterson and Ron Pevney. We've been talking about conscious eldering. I said it, conscious eldering. Right before the break, we lost you a little bit, Katya, but I think we got the gist of what we were talking about. And one of the most important things that you had said in the first half that I really want to go back to, because I think it's so beautiful, both you and Ron have mentioned growing whole and complete. And I love the idea that we grow toward a personal wholeness, which we can infuse whatever we do and whatever we experience with joy, peace, meaning, and service, like you had mentioned, Ron. So let's talk about this invitation, in particular, this reference to wholeness, because so many of our listeners tune in because of that very concept um, of what it means to be whole and how do we bring wholeness back to our world. So, Katya, let's start with you. What does it mean to grow whole and complete? Uh, For me, to grow whole and complete means looking deep inside myself and asking the question of how do I choose to fit into my new chapter in life? Where and how do I find my truth, my inner happiness? 
and um, how do I make connections um, that really um, open up my heart and keep me alive and awake and conscious of uh, the kind of life that I want to live into. So we're not talking about perfection here. We're really talking about uh, our ability to let go of what's not working for us anymore and redirecting almost ourselves and pointing into a whole new direction where our story is shifting and we're in charge of that story and becoming um, the author of our own uh, stories empowers us to really navigate through whatever challenges we're facing as we are entering elder, uh, elderhood or eldering. And, and so I think uh, the moment we begin to give ourselves permission to simply experience life as is, just by being, experience it full joy and excitement, regardless of all the challenges that we have, is like those little moments of being present, fully and 100% present and absorbing the energy around us that we wish to attract. So again, um, I said earlier that uh, our lives and the way that we choose to age is in our hands, and it's not up to somebody else to tell us how to go about it. It's wonderful to share ideas. It's amazing to live in community. But what puts light into your life? That's what makes you whole. What does a well-lived life really mean to you? And how would you define a well-lived life? And how do you go about making it happen? Mm. Well, Ron, right before the break, I mentioned that we were going to dive deeper into this wholeness and, and also talk about belief, purpose, community, and spirituality. You've written so much about conscious eldering and conscious aging. And I, I would love to, to bring that discussion into this because I think it's so important. And I, I really want to um, talk just to spin off on what, what Katia is saying about really living into our wholeness and how do, how do we choose to move forward. A big part of what affects our ability to age gracefully and to move into wholeness is really our belief system. And we create lifestyles, we make choices, we carry attitudes that, that reflect and support our beliefs and, and shape the way we age. So what is the role of belief and what can we, what can we do with, with beliefs, Ron? Well, I think belief is absolutely crucial in how we age and in how our, how our lives turned out. What we believe shapes the choices we make. It, uh, it, it, it shapes what we draw to us and magnetize to us. It, it, it impacts so, ma- so many, many things. And I think the fact is that just about everybody listening to this conversation now uh, was raised in a society that, that uh, basically tells us as we talked about earlier, that aging is um, something to be avoided. Aging is not something to be uh, cherished uh, or to be looked forward to. Rather, what is important is youth. We, glor- we glorify youth. And, and so we're raised in a society that is incredibly ageist, and we all see that around us in so many ways. But I think what a lot of us tend to maybe overlook is the fact that 
with these messages being so strong all around us, most of us have internalized them. And so ageism isn't just something that somebody else imposes on us. It's something that so many of us these days are imposing on ourselves. And if we choose to believe that we become irrelevant after retirement, if we choose to believe that uh, uh, how much we can contribute and how productive we can be, is if we choose to believe that that is the measure of our value as human beings, then as we age and we are less productive in some ways, we are not going to be able to see the incredible value we have in other ways. Um, I think belief is the foundation of, of conscious aging, of conscious eldering, the foundation of uh, everything that's important in, in having a fulfilled elderhood. And so it's so important to get in touch with the beliefs that we carry, oftentimes unconscious. And if we see that we have disempowering beliefs, to make a real effort to begin to transform those, to let those go, to be looking for models of people who are aging really, really well, and to see how do they do it, what are they like, and to realize that if they can do it, we can do it too. Yes, I love that example. I I know someone in my life who who literally wears those beliefs out loud, you know. And there are times where you know you're you're in company with this person is like, "Oh, I'm getting so old." And, you know, just goes into a dissertation about about the aging process. So, but this is a really good lead-in. You're talking about the beliefs about feeling irrelevant or less or non-productive. And I think it leads right into that idea of, of purpose and having a reason to get up every day and how that really um, kind of, what do I want to say, amplifies that, uh, the beauty and purpose of, of eldering. So life purpose, a, a reason to give up. Katia, what do you see as the role of purpose in conscious aging? Well, I, I think that um, purpose is such a fundamental, incredibly powerful piece in each one of us um, that allows us, like you said so beautifully, to wake up in the morning and, and have a reason for being. And when we lose that sense of purpose, um, it is like losing the, the will um, and the ability to continue to move forward, to continue to grow, to be curious, um, to know that indeed there's still a lot inside of you uh, that you, you can contribute. And I really do think that purpose and contribution, um, uh, they are connected. So the moment you feel that you have absolutely no, nothing more to give and you fall into that trap of your personal beliefs, the negative beliefs about uh, what you can and cannot do, it, it really takes away your ability to, uh, to show up, um, show up fully in a way that it serves you as well as somebody else. And a sense of purpose for me is really being able to stay true to what is possible for you to contribute and feel good about it. And there are actually studies, Julie, that show that uh, people who contribute to the betterment of someone else, um, it shifts energetically 
the way their minds uh, work. And it's almost like an endorphin that gives you happiness, a sense of joy. So imagine if we lived in a world where we created the possibilities and opportunities for people to find a sense of purpose and, um, and wanting to give um, and creating um, that change for others in their well-being, while at the same time they're increasing their own well-being. Um, that would be an incredible thing. Mm. Thank you, Katya. I, I, I really appreciate the whole role of purpose, and I can see that as, um, you know, we've talked about that wisdom as well, and tapping into the wisdom, that's directly related to purpose and our contribution as well. So mm-hmm. I love that, Ron. We've, you know, we've kind of talked about purpose and that role in relationship to community as, as far as being a part of the community and being honored in that way where, where the, the whole of the community taps into it. But the role of community in our lives as far as connection, um, finding community and connection as we age can be difficult as we're losing friends. Um, we have this mobile society, so we might not be close to family anymore. And we also have a very busy I just the young the young parents our children that have children uh, you know and grandchildren there's there's a busyness so community you write a lot about community you speak about community and and that role of of connection with our health and our well-being can you speak a little bit more about community for our listeners yeah I'd be happy to Julie I and many others believe that community is absolutely essential for um, for our well-being. I think community is absolutely essential if we're going to age consciously. Um, there is nothing more deadly, and so many so many studies around the world have shown that there's nothing more deadly than isolation. You know, I think the the nice thing. Uh, a nice realization is that community doesn't have to be about having a whole lot of people around us that we interact with uh, every day. And as, as you mentioned, we're going to lose a lot of dear friends and a lot of dear loved ones. But uh, I believe that what's needed is just one or two or a few kindred spirits to give us the kind of community that we need to really thrive. By kindred spirits, I mean somebody that knows our heart and we know theirs and 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 we we share similar aspirations and we want to support each other in 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 growing into the kind of elders we can be and I think the reality is that as we lose dear friends that we have had for a long time um, it's incumbent on us to do our best to find some kindred spirits to find some community. And oftentimes that means stepping out of our comfort zone, you know, putting ourselves in situations or settings or putting uh, that uh, we might not be comfortable in or used to, uh, putting ourselves out socially in ways that might be a bit uncomfortable. But if we're willing to do that, to step out of our comfort zone and look for kindred spirits, we're going to find more and more of them. 
because this whole vision of conscious aging is growing and more and more people are feeling called to this and are looking for a community and um, we're trying to find each other. And so I think it's up to each of us to try to find other kindred spirits. And I think we can do it. And that will make all the difference in terms of how our, our aging um, unfolds. Beautiful. So we've, you know, just speaking about relationships and, and community and, and avoiding that isolation, there's another relationship I think is really important. I'd love to hear both of you um, address this. So we're also called to deepen our relationship with the spiritual dimensions of life and of ourselves. So yet in this busy technology focused culture, our relationship to the sacred sometimes gets neglected. And I imagine spirituality is an important dimension for conscious aging. What more can you say about spirituality? And I'm just going to let whoever wants to jump in here, jump in here. Let's see who goes first. Um, well, I, I will go first. Um, spirituality for me is is an essential part of my life, and um, uh, and the people within my community. And oftentimes, Julie, I don't know if you have heard this. I hear people saying the phrase, uh, "Well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not about religion," and and it's not. I don't know why um, people even have the uh, the feeling that they have to explain that or divide it up. Um, I, I think spirituality is really about our higher self. It's about expanding outside of who we are, what we always want to see happen, what um, differences we want to see in the world, what has meaning in our lives on a much deeper level. Uh, it's about co- connecting the, our mind and heart and soul to who we are as human beings. And um, and does how much time does it require? Is this an add-on in our lives, or is this something that we can practice on a daily basis, uh, a little bit at a time? And it becomes part of the fiber of our being. Um, is that something that we just have to stop and think about doing? The more we practice spirituality, the more we find. Um, practices and skills that we want to acquire that connect us to our higher self, to a higher, a different, our spirit, um, it will become part of who we are. So unconsciously, it's going to be part of us no matter what we do, where we are, with whom we are. Again, uh, when we become part of a community who also desires the same thing, um, it becomes an incredible experience when you are sharing um, that that sense of spirituality with with others, and um, and when we do get into that deep deep level of our spirituality, I would like to say that our perspective and our worldview will shift into a place where we can truthfully say, this is the time when we can create, co-create change, we can make our world a different place because we are here, we have arrived, we know that together anything is possible to make our world a better place where we can all thrive. And that's the essence of spirituality for me. 
Thank you, Katya. Thank you so much, Ron. I would love to hear you just expand in, in two minutes or less. We're coming on to the close of the show, but I know you have a lot to say on spirituality. Well, I, will, I will say it in two minutes or, <laughs> two minutes or less. You know, as Carl Jung and many other, other wise, wise beings reminded us, the first half of life is, is meant to be the time for developing our personality and our egos and our strengths and our place in the world. And then the uh, latter parts of life are meant to be the time when those, uh, the grip of those becomes less on us and we develop our spiritual selves. That's the purpose of the latter part of life, is to develop our spiritual selves. And, you know, we're going to suffer losses and diminishments. And if we are totally identified with what we are able to do and our abilities and our personality, and we suffer losses and diminishments, if we haven't begun to allow our spiritual dimension to unfold and to start to shine forth, then where are we? We could be pretty darn lost. And so that's a big part of the reason for strengthening our spirituality is so that uh, we have purpose and meaning and, and, and something to shine forth in our lives as we begin to lose some of the gifts and abilities of, uh, of our earlier life and of our personalities. And, and, and uh, spirituality is what will help us heal what needs to be healed. I think it's uh, our spiritual connection is the source of our deepest, most authentic vision of what's possible for each of us as we age. It, it, it's our opportunity in this part of life, uh, if we choose to embrace it and to do the work of, uh, of uh, cultivating it. Beautiful. Well, this conversation has really been enlightening for me, and I I have pages, literally, let's see, one, two and a half more pages of questions that I could go into, but we are going to continue this conversation and move more deeply into some how-tos in a future show. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. If, if, if you're listening to this and you're really interested and you want to know where to go from here. Katya and Ron have been working together. They've done a retreat. They're doing another retreat in the fall. They are experts here, and, and I can't wait to bring that specificity of information back to you on another show. So Katya and Ron, thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank, thank you, Julie. You it's been an honor. Yeah, thank you. And listeners, check out their website, the, their contact information right here on the show information. And um, we, like I said, we'll bring you more of them in a future show. And I want to leave you with the words of Ron saying, a significant difference between those who grow into the fullness of elderhood and those who merely grow old is willingness or lack thereof, to look within to identify the possibilities that seeks to emerge through them in their precious later years, and to consciously work toward nurturing the growth and eventual harvest of these possibilities. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.